0: You <laughs> and a good Monday morning, everybody. It's going to be a sunny day, I have 56. There is a slight chance of snow in the forecast this week. We'll have a look-see at that coming up. See, Biden made a visit to the border. It evidently, was about three hours long. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the speaker deal happened. That was late, late into the evening. That was uh, Friday, and bit of excitement there on the floor, a lot of back and forth, uh, one member of Congress being physically restrained at one point. (laughs) It was really something else. A lot of cheering and a lot of booing. Uh, But in the end, it happened. And Oh my gosh, the hand wringing, of course. Oh, I saw, uh, was it uh, 60 Minutes or uh, some commentator, the nation was so embarrassed, so embarrassed. The only thing about any of it that embarrassed me is is the reaction of the elites, the horrified, the clutching of the pearls, the the agost nature of. I cannot believe we're airing all this dirty laundry. Part of the reason it, it it struck me is because these are oftentimes the same folks that go on and on about transparency. These are the same folks that go on and on about people being engaged in the process. And fact of the matter is, you may have noticed the the criticism of McCarthy leading up to it by not just his detractors but his supporters, that he didn't have this stuff taken care of before it all got out in the public. You know, all the, the horse trading if you will, that we saw the, the, the uh, well, okay, you want my vote. If, if you are speaker, here are certain things that I want to see done. This is the direction we need to go, and so this is what has to be done. If you want my vote. This isn't anything that is a new concept and while oftentimes it is a no-brainer when it comes to the speaker position, the the caucus picks their leader, that leader is by default automatically without question, the person that becomes speaker once that party is in the majority, um, but oftentimes there are deals that are made. And and this is not anything that's uncommon. It happens all the time with legislation, uh, with the support of nominees in a number of different capacities. Uh, and this portrayal that simply because it was out in the open and we're seeing it happen as uh, just a total embarrassment. My gosh! I mean, and and the portrayal of those individuals as uh, being out of the norm in terms of political figures because they had demands that they wanted if they if if they were to provide their vote. I'm not arguing right wrong noble not noble you know some desires some requests some demands may be for the good of the country while you could argue some demands are 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 just for the individual's personal desire to to get on some sort of committee because of power whatever the reason is it's nothing new and i you just i you know, want to transform yourself on one of these panels where they they sit around uh, just complaining and whining about all of this as in the context of it being something that's just so abnormal. It's such an embarrassment. And, And just backhand every one of them and say, would you shut up? It isn't an argument that it's desirable or that it's pleasant. But this, they they do this for you and they do this for me as citizens because they want us to believe as naive little children running around that until you see these horribly nasty displays like we saw last week, you know, four days, four days, my gosh, that, that up until then everything in government was so so serene and and everyone got along perfectly and every person who voted for anything or anyone they voted for only one reason and one reason only and that was for the good of the country and and we're supposed to believe that what we saw last week was this nasty anomaly in which you had these right-wing extremists that were taking taking advantage of their position of power holding the nation hostage just as if they were terrorists, they were ideological terrorists, all for the 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 purposes of personal gain and and we were supposed to be so disappointed and so angry and so embarrassed and it's just just these these people they, they're they they treat us as if we're a bunch of morons now again it doesn't I, I'm not arguing about the substance of the debate, but just this portrayal of of last week it's just that's the part that embarrasses me their portrayal of it all uh joe biden oh incidentally we will have congressman burleson he will be joining us uh after the news at seven o'clock so around 7 10, 7 15 somewhere around there we'll talk with him about everything that's gone on and and also what his thoughts were as things progressed he was um one from the beginning who had planned on voting for McCarthy as Speaker of the House. So his thoughts and, and reasons for doing that, and then, of course, uh, anything else. One of the questions that popped up is if he uh, had any interest or any plans on on any particular committees uh, that he was looking to be on. So we'll ask him that question uh, also. And and then we'll talk about about Biden's border visit. There have been a couple of rulings in favor of women and girls. Uh, that have taken place um, when it comes to this constant nonstop attack, trying to strip girls of womenhood and what makes a woman a woman. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update.
1: A man from Republic is dead after a crash involving three pickups in South Springfield. It happened Sunday morning around 845 near James River and Farm Road 135. The highway patrol sends a pickup across the median into the wrong lanes and hit a bridge, then hit a second pickup. The driver of that second truck, 72-year-old Donald Underwood, died after his truck hit a third truck. Two adults and three children who were in that first pickup had serious injuries. The driver of the third truck had minor injuries. A man died after crashing his SUV into a home in Springfield, but no one in the home was hurt. Springfield police say that crash Friday night uh, killed 50-year-old James Duncan. Investigators believe speed was a factor in that crash. The AFC Championship game will be played on a neutral side if the Chiefs and Bills reach that point. Buffalo's win over New England Sunday, combined with Kansas City's win at Las Vegas on Saturday, means the number one seed Chiefs cannot host the conference title game against the Bills because those teams played an unequal number of games. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield Stock, 1041.
0: First alert forecast, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvements, mostly sunny with a high of 56 today. Though when you walk out this morning uh, with wind factoring in, it could feel as low as 19. Overnight, mostly clear, 36. 61 tomorrow with a 50% chance of uh, showers on Wednesday, high of 61. And then Thursday, partly sunny. There's a slight chance of snow in the morning, but the high is 42, so nothing that's... I'm going to hang around.
1: You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk
0: 104.1. American Transmissions, talk at text line 447-KSGF. If you'd like to uh, text in any thoughts or comments, feel free to do so. Also, any phone calls, if you want to go that route, the KSGF app is a very convenient way to do that. Also, to listen to the show. And then you can easily just tap to uh, send in a text or to make that call. And then, of course, we are on Facebook Live. That's one zero four one, Nick Reed. Uh, So Joe Biden went to the border, visited for like three hours. Um, He met with several immigration right activists, walked a stretch of the U.S.-Mexico border, and inspected a port of entry where border agents explain how they search vehicles for drugs, money, and other contraband. Of course, this goes without saying, but none of this was done in an effort for Biden to really you know, get a feel for what the problem is down there, right? It's not like when you have a governor, be it DeSantis, or, um, or a president visit some sort of disaster zone after a hurricane where they're going to actually... As best as possible. I mean, of course, you get your reports, but you want to get there on the ground, and and some of it is also at the same time to show that you recognize the significance of the situation, and you recognize that there is a massive problem, and that you are on top of it, and and uh, so that's why this is done, and and I, I think everyone understands what this is about. This is the theater of the presidency that we all accept at this point. Even Democrats recognize. This is it's for a couple of different reasons, and we'll go over here. But what it isn't is so Biden can really, truly assess what the problem is uh, for the purposes of, of fixing it. And incidentally, where was Kamala Harris? She's the borders are she. she this was her job. <laughs> if You notice what did you was she part of this at all? No, I I didn't wasn't. think so. I've heard nothing. Ever, this, at least I didn't see. Her. She she should have been the one leading Biden. She should have been down there. I mean, in reality, just from an optics standpoint, one, but in addition to that, this was one of her jobs. Put in charge of the border. Fixing the border. So what should have occurred— is the two of them, and, you, and you've and you got the visuals of Kamala pointing to things and introducing him to people to further demonstrate that this administration's point person on the border knows what's going on, and, and, and you see that play out because here she is the point person explaining to the president, here's what's going on. She's not even there. But you put that in terms of real world? You work at uh, some sort of facility, and, and uh, you've got some major, pro- massive project. Let's say you work for one of the hospitals, and you're building a brand new wing, and there's this person that is appointed as the, the person that is absolutely in charge, the person that is... Uh, going to make it happen. This is the person that when you send out the press releases, you say here, this is the person right here. And then you, you've got some sort of massive issues, some sort of problems that are occurring. Things are, are, you know, there's some disaster. There's a crane that falls. Sick children are killed and everything. And so the the, the, the governor of the state or perhaps the president of the hospital is coming to do a visit. Call the press and, and, you know, the press is to come and film this and and, and, uh, and you know, just observe it for the purposes of public relations. And then that point person who's in charge of it doesn't even show up. Now, what would you think? Would that not be the number one question? Where's uh, so-and-so? Where's the person who's in charge of this? Where is the person who's, who's responsible for this this disaster that's playing out, even if you don't want to acknowledge it's a disaster that you think that that person would be there. And I'm not aware if there were, if there anyone in the media was saying, where's Kamala?" Now there are a couple of reasons, and some of this may be obvious that that Biden has gone down there. One, it is so that Republicans can no longer point out the fact that Biden has never visited the border. Yeah, they feel like they okay. We're going to take that away from them. So they can't claim that anymore. Just go down there. Just go down there. We'll have some people show you some trucks. You can walk around a little bit. Make sure that there's an ice cream truck down there for them, and then Republicans can no longer say that. Now, what I would do is I would continue to say, continue to say the president has not visited the border in any meaningful way, or the president still refuses to visit the areas of the border that are problematic. But unfortunately, because Republicans tend to be Republicans, if there is any unified message, it'll probably be, oh, well, we can no longer claim that the president's not made it to the border. because ah, He took that away from us. What do we do now? He did not tour any government facilities where illegal aliens are being held and processed after crossing into the U.S. He also did not visit downtown El Paso where they've had this massive humanitarian crisis of illegals living on the streets. So he, he went to the areas in which there are the least amount of problems. He goes to these um, port of entry. Well, the port of entries aren't the problem. This is where things actually do diverge a bit in terms of attacking the issue and attacking the problem. So he goes and he visits ports of entry. Now, it's in between the ports of entry that we have, have the real problem here. So he's inspecting areas in which there aren't problems. This would be, uh, to give another example, let's say that you have some sort of facility and there's, there are these areas in which people keep breaking in. They keep getting in. There are security holes. Along, uh, you know, the perimeters, once they get inside the perimeters, there are areas within the actual infrastructure of whatever the facility is, and people manage to keep breaking in. And so somebody comes on site in order to inspect, and they go to the front door, which is locked and secured, and has doesn't. that's not the source of the problem. And they, you know, push on a little bit, and the pole, they're like, well, this feels like it's secure. Things are going well here. No, that's not where the problem is. Now— This is going to be portrayed – we're going to see a redefining of what the problem is at the border. We've already begun to see it, but it's going to really come into focus – Running up until the 2024 presidential election, which of course is going to be, you know, we're talking about a big one because there's Senate seats up and of course the entire House of Representatives is up for reelection at that point as well. So I want to explain what this redefining, because you and I have been under this impression for some time, that the problem at the border is all the illegals that are just pouring across a total and complete lack of security. Any sort of infrastructure or potential infrastructure that could help prevent that, that massive flow of illegals coming into this country is either non existent or in some areas actually being dismantled. See so that that's what we see as the problem and all the fentanyl coming across the border, the human sex trafficking, that's not what the problem is, as, as it will be defined by the media, and by Democrats. We'll talk on that here coming up. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed.
1: You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041.
0: Reality is that the border problem is that... There's a refusal to enforce any sort of border security, one through infrastructure, the refusal to uh, implement, continue the implementation of infrastructure, a wall, of course, being one of those uh, valuable components. But also just the, um, the direction of the White House, what it is they are and are not allowed to do terms of actual border security, and that's not secure, secure the border. I mean, let's not forget one of the last visuals we saw of actual enforcement was used by the Biden administration to falsely accuse border patrol agents of using whips against Haitian migrants, which even according to emails we know that Mayorkas knew was not true but still went out there and made those false accusations because he's a piece of trash. We know that the problem is the open border, the refusal to enforce the laws, which result in, of course, the millions of illegal aliens coming into this country. Not to mention the Chinese-sourced fentanyl that they are utilizing to declare a war on the United States, delivering that through the drug cartels of Mexico, human trafficking, sex trafficking, all of this, right? So the reason... It's not a coincidence that Biden went to, or it's not by accident, I should say, went to the ports of entry instead of in between the ports where much of the problem is occurring. And it wasn't simply so he did not have to see the problem. The way that the Democrats in Congress and the media are going to redefine the problem is that the ports of entry infrastructure is not large enough in order to get these people into the country in a, quote, legal fashion. Not even making them legal necessarily. That comes down later. But, but they are going to portray that as the problem. So in other words, it isn't that all, these millions and millions of people should not be coming here illegally. It is the, the problem is, as they're going to define it, the fact that we can't process them fast enough. It's not that we need a wall and that we need the vast majority of these people not to even come here in the first place. But if they do, you know, if they really truly do qualify in legitimate ways, then we get them through. But the problem is that we it's not that we don't need all of these people. We need them all. They're all welcome here. Biden said that when he was running for president during the primary. That all of the people who have been turned away, they would be welcome back. It's that we need a way to get them in faster. And so that's what these visits to the port of entry are all about. The you know, the, the you know, seeing, okay, well, this is the infrastructure that we have ports of entry in order to get them in but clearly uh, we don't have enough of them or we don't have enough people or you know this is part of what we've got to find out What what is it that we have to do to make sure that these tens of millions of people uh, in the future and the millions that we're looking at now uh, can can get we can process these people in a fair and orderly fashion So when we hear about, we've got to get a traffic update here, uh, fixing the border, their definition of fixing the border is creating a border in which we can get these illegals into the country faster. And that's what the, the, the battle is going to be over the next two years in the lead up to the election, while some Republicans are talking about a fix which means no more illegals pouring into this country and we have got to put a stop to this up to and including the fentanyl issue and the the human trafficking aspect of it the democrats are going to be what they're talking about we need a fix we need to find a fix we got to get a fix it is how to get them in here in a more orderly fashion and to do it quicker so it's not so messy there's two different definitions of fixing the border here and this is also setting the stage and I know we've talked about this before and this isn't any great revelation for in the run up to the 2024 election this is the upside for democrats losing congress last this last time around is they can say republicans are blocking the border fix republicans don't care about fixing the border republicans are the reason and so all of these problems that we're going to be seeing that they recognize the vast majority of people see as it being a real problem in this country, they're going to say it's not our fault. We tried to fix it. We wanted to fix it, but Republicans in Congress refused to do so. Also at the border, Greg Abbott showed up, handed Biden a letter. I want to play audio for you as well. Uh, New York Times reporter talking to John Kirby. And noting that after interviewing human rights activists, immigration activists, that they are all consistent in one message, and that is that the Biden administration's policies, intentional or otherwise, has led to human atrocities at our border that pale in comparison to anything that they accuse Trump of. Of course, you don't hear these accusations. The media does not sit down and interview these individuals that say Trump's border was much more humane than what we're seeing today. That audio next. I'm Nick Reed.
1: You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk
0: 104.1. Garage experts, number one brand nationwide in garage improvement space. There, there are a lot of different companies out there that... Uh, All claim to do the same thing, but I'm telling you, particularly when it comes to the flooring, and this is what I've experienced, there is an art form to it. There's a craftsmanship component to it, and you can go out and buy uh, some product to do it yourself. But number one, the process is tremendously important. It is tremendously important. It is the—you know, even when you paint, it may be this way. You get online, you're going to do some painting of an area uh, that— Maybe it's paneling or something, and you look up how to do it, and and there's like 80 different steps of how to do it right. You're like, I don't want to go through all of that. I don't want to have to sand it and strip it and then do this and then fill in the this and that. And I just want to paint it. Just put some primer over and paint it, right? Well, when it comes to garage floors, it's very similar in fashion. You can go get some yourself. Get this sort of acid etching deal that's supposed to prep the floor and then you throw down the, fl- you know, do all of this. But I'm telling you with garage experts, y- you're not going to be able to do the prep work they do, if anything, because of the-, the machinery they have that grinds it down. And then they fill in any of the, the little holes and any of the cracks before they even begin the process of application. And the product itself is much higher quality than you can even buy yourself in a store as an average person. All that alone is a reason to check out Garage Experts uh, for any of your um, you know, questions that you may have. And by the way, it's not limited to garages. I mean, they are called Garage Experts. That's what I had, uh, I had done with my garage. But when it comes to having that done with the hundreds of different color options, you um, you uh, you can have any flooring done virtually. So if you own some sort of business that has any sort of hard floor, definitely check out Garage Experts under Nick's endorsements, ksgf.com. First alert forecast, mostly sunny. I have 56 today, clear 36 tonight, sunny 61 tomorrow, and a 50% chance of evening showers Wednesday, 61. There is a slight chance of snow Thursday, but the temperatures are going to be in the 40s, so nothing that's going to uh, hang around. Governor, Governor Greg Abbott showed up at the border. Now, the Biden administration sent him an email like the day before. Of course, everyone knew uh, that uh, because the White House had announced, well, Biden's going to show up sometime down there. Uh, The the Abbott administration out of Texas noted that they received just sort of this email the day before being like, by the way, the president's going to be down there. Now, this, of course, it's not unexpected, but once again, a demonstration that he's not serious about figuring out what's going on. In terms of governor, or in terms of government executives, there's no one that would be more of a point person to discuss the problems with than the governor of Texas. If you really, truly want to figure out what's going on, but of course, Biden did not want to do that. Abbott shows up anyway, hands him a letter that read, as followed via a hand delivery, January 8th, 2023. Dear President Biden, your visit to our southern border with Mexico today is $20 billion too little and two years too late. Moreover, your visit avoids the sites where mass illegal immigration occurs and sidesteps the thousands of angry Texas property owners whose lives have been destroyed by your border policy. Incidentally, this is another reason that Biden visited Port of Entries. He he visited areas that are controlled. In other words, the general public cannot show up. Angry landowners cannot show up. People who have been victims of the crimes of illegal immigration cannot show up. So, much like any totalitarian regime, everything is staged and They make sure that none of those annoying, pesky citizens can show up and be heard. Talk to, you know, the media isn't going to have access to them. Not that they would take advantage of that anyhow. You're not going to hear the shouts. You're not going to see the signs, people holding up different signs. You're not going to be able to see any of that stuff. Abbott noted in the letter he handed to Biden even the city you visit. Has been sanitized of the migrant camps which had been over, or which had overrun uh, downtown El Paso because your administration wants to shield you from the chaos that Texans experience on a daily basis. Incidentally, isn't it amazing how quickly they can get rid of these folks? I mean, you look at the cities and just in terms of human beings and all of the, the, tent city occupants be it in san francisco be it all the and they just we don't know what to do we know oh my gosh how do we get rid of this problem what do we do with it man just have biden show up to inspect it well they figured out real fast how to get rid of all those folks in el paso didn't they well, of course we don't know where they sent them have no idea His letter continued, this chaos is the direct result of your failure to enforce the immigration laws that Congress enacted. Under President Trump, the federal government achieved historically low levels of illegal immigration. Under your watch, by contrast, America is suffering the worst illegal immigration in the history of our country. Your open border policies have emboldened the cartels who grow wealthy by trafficking deadly fentanyl and even human beings. Texans are paying an especially high price for your failure, sometimes with the very lives, as local leaders from your own party will tell you, is given the chance. Or if given the chance. All of this is happening because you have violated your constitutional obligation to defend the states against invasion through faithful execution of federal laws. Halfway through your presidency, though, I can finally welcome you to the border. When you finish your photo ops in a carefully staged managed version of El Paso, you have a job to do. You must comply with the many statutes mandating the various categories of aliens shall be detained and end the practice of unlawfully paroling aliens en masse. You must stop sandbagging the implementation of the Remain in Mexico policy in Title 42 expulsions and fully enforce those measures as the federal courts have ordered you to do. You must aggressively prosecute illegal entry between ports of entry and allow ICE to remove illegal immigrants in accordance with existing federal law. By the way, you notice all of this is just about enforcing the law, doing your job. This isn't the governor of Texas lobbying for different laws to make it more difficult to come in here into the United States. This isn't about crafting some new executive order. This is simply say, follow the law, enforce the law. Here's what the law says. Can you please simply enforce it? This is where we have gotten in this country today, where apparently that is too much to ask. He also noted, you must immediately resume construction of the border wall in the state of Texas using the billions of dollars that Congress has appropriated for that purpose. You must designate the Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. On behalf of all Americans, I implore you secure our border by enforcing Congress's immigration laws. Sincerely, Greg Abbott, Governor. Coming up, there was a great question, which is a question based in fact and reality from The New York Times, of all places, to John Kirby about this issue. Kirby and Jean-Pierre are answering questions or talking about the border. And there's something that you and I are not afforded. The news coverage uh, regarding uh, any longer, and that is regarding the humanitarian component of the border. I remember being in Memphis when Trump was president. And the media was going on and on about the deplorable humanitarian conditions at the border. And there was some church and and they had um, uh, the nativity scene in a little jail cell. You know, because Trump was putting kids in cages. The rhetoric, the focus and the rhetoric of the humanitarian crisis was so great, you had... terrorist attacks, if you will, being carried out against ICE facilities by Antifa and some of these other left-wingers because they were being compared to concentration camps. They were Nazis running concentration camps. Our vice president, who's currently in charge of the border, compared them to Klan's members, the people who are in charge of enforcing the border. There were numerous attacks On ICE agents, with the the buildup of all of this rhetoric, and it was all based around the fact that we had these, remember Ocasio-Cortez claiming that we were forcing mothers to drink out of toilets? Remember that one? Aside from her photo op, clenching that fence, bawling her eyes out. The absence of any sort of coverage might suggest that that's because there's no problem any longer. But au contraire. As we learned from the question posed before Kirby yesterday, it's much worse. And that is a universally accepted reality through the eyes of immigration rights activists. Kirby's response to that coming up. I'm Nick Reed.
1: You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1.
0: A1 Custom Car Care, all of your car care needs. Big, small, routine maintenance. It's a big deal. It's not fun. Nobody gets excited about the fact that they got to spend money on routine maintenance. And I say routine maintenance, and for a lot of folks, you think oil change and then whatever else they find during the oil change. But your manufacturer has recommended maintenance at certain points, maybe 50,000 miles. I remember my uh, had like this sort of weird 77,500 miles, just this weird benchmark that uh, you know just seemed oddly specific. But nonetheless, your vehicle has that. You don't know what it is. That's perfectly fine. They will have that. And these things are are done, they're recommended in order to extend the life of your vehicle. And not just the life, but the performance so that it does perform better. You do get better fuel mileage. So I, I recommend, it's what I've done, is next time you have it in, tell them you want to find out what that schedule is. And you don't have to necessarily remember it. If you ask them, hey, whenever we hit the next benchmark and I I come in for uh, an oil change, will you let me know, uh, hey, next time you come in, you're probably going to need this done. Because these are the recommendations. Here's about what it'll cost in order to get that done. And it'll, again, help extend the the life and, and keep the vehicle running as best as it possibly can from the day that you bought it. A1 Custom Car Care. Three area locations under Nick's Endorsements, KSGF.com. I want you to listen to this question. Let's see here. It's a New York Times reporter, Michael Shear, And he cornered press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, and National Security Council spokesperson, John Kirby, during a Friday briefing about the administration's handling of the ongoing crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. And the whole question... Is based on what they've been doing, and good for them, or what some of these reporters have been doing. They may not shout the results from the rooftops. They've been talking with immigration advocates. And what they were expecting, I don't know. Based on their bias, I assume they were expecting to find out that while yes, there are problems, at least at least the illegals are being treated humanely as opposed to the Trump administration that put kids in cages. And you can hear in the question to Kirby that's not exactly what they're hearing. I spent a long time covering immigration stuff during the Trump years. Um, I, I I never saw more um, damning quotes from immigration advocacy groups and human rights groups. Um, during the Trump years, that as I saw yesterday towards this administration. Um, just reading one to you, Eleanor Acer, who's one of the leading advocacy people at le- heads up a refugee group called um, what the president did yesterday, a humanitarian disgrace. And that was echoed across the board in literally scores of emails I got from every humanitarian group. What do you all, what does the administration say to the overwhelming consensus from people who advocate on behalf of asylum seekers and refugees and migrants that what the president did yesterday was a humanitarian disgrace well
1: obviously we take a different view oh well
0: (laughs) now the the substance here of course is what the new york times reporters noting it's like I've, i've never heard such Damning remarks consistently from people who are in the humanitarian business, people whose sole purpose it is is to make sure that these illegals are taken care of in a humanitarian way, and overwhelmingly, I mean, they're they're saying you guys are horrible. That, that Trump was providing the Ritz Carlton for these folks compared to what you're doing. And it's consistent. We're not talking about one or two people. Everyone is saying the same thing. It is horrible. You guys are so much worse in terms of your treatment of these individuals than the Trump administration was. Now, I would like to pause for a moment and note this once again shows, and I am going to put this not just on Democrat politicians, but on the vast, uh, at least a significant portion of their voters. They never actually cared about these people. If they did, they would be protesting just the way they did during the Trump administration. In fact, more. Because the reality, and this is what just ticks me off about these holier-than-thou, virtue-signaling activists within the Democrat Party. Oh, they protest. They talk about kids in cages ripping babies away from their mothers. Some of these churches that have been overtaken by left-wing activists. joining in on the the virtue signaling. And you could not go a day without hearing something about it. Now it's even worse. This is not the opinion of the Republican Party or Fox News or some right-wing outfit. This is the opinion of the people who are also critical of the Trump administration. But note that things are worse for these people. These are advocates for the illegals. Where are all of you people? Where are the protests? Where are the protests outside the offices of those within the Biden administration who have a hand in this? Where are you? You see, these, quote, victims are only useful to the left if they can be used for political purposes. Once they no longer can be used for political purposes or, God forbid, are actually a a political detriment, toss to the side they go. Done. Trash. That's what they are to the left-wing activists. They are trash. And much like you do with trash, we saw in El Paso, you shove them out of the way. You get the bulldozer in and you just move them to a landfill somewhere. They, they've they never cared about these individuals. And I'm sure it must be a very enlightening period of time for these immigration advocates who watch these same people compare Trump to uh, Hitler, to running concentration camps, and to watch those very people that have made things even worse be totally dismissive. John Kirby's, his his statement back, well, we don't see it that way. Next question. Now, Jean-Pierre stepped in and, of course, as usual with the Democrats, she said, I know you are the messenger and you are, are giving me the information. I'm responding to what you said, which is you're talking about an administration who had a policy, right, that tore babies away from their mom and from their parents and their families. That was the president's, the last administration, the president's philosophy or policies, uh, policies and that's what he did, and that is not this president. So, in other words, it, it's more gaslighting. I wonder if she got that out of her
1: little book that she reads out of. Yeah,
0: she had to flip over, you know. Let me get to page
1: 217.
0: Uh, The the big uh, takeaway, and again, so many of you know this. Even Democrat voters. And yeah, a lot of this stuff I put on Democrat politicians. But you voters, where are you? Where are the marches? Where are the protests? Where are all the signs? You're posers. You're virtue signalers. And you're behaving in a way that demonstrates you never cared about these people. Other than for political purposes.